Thank you. Wow, what a joy to be here. What a joy to walk into this church and sense the presence of God, the joy of the Spirit, the spiritual health of this place. I am so proud of my son and his wife, first of all, <laughs> and of all of you for pursuing God. So um, I just have a little exhortation this morning. The older I get, the more I relate to Paul who recognize that time is short, make the most of every moment. You know what I mean? So um, I have a quick exhortation for you. Uh, as our, the founding parents of this church, we love you with all of our hearts. And so here's a quick one. Um, I read in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, it says, Look carefully then how you walk. I like the old King James Version because it says, See to it that you walk circumspectly. Not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil, and indeed they are. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I love that word circumspectly because it gives a picture of like walking with 360-degree vision, like eyes all around your head, right? So to what it means to walk cautiously as a person would walk through thorny terrain. I'm a word person, so I like definitions. Um, looking around in every direction, careful of consequences, watchful on all sides, examining carefully all circumstances that, that may affect an action. Redeeming the time means capitalizing on every appropriate circumstance, walking in wisdom toward those who are outside. Because, because our sight is limited, I find that I am very nearsighted, and I don't always know what's coming at me. We don't normally. And so I lack wisdom sometimes. But there's a verse in James that just blows my mind away. James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally, generously, without reproach, gladly, and it will be given to him. The amazing thing about that, that we have an omniscient God who knows everything. And he has said, if you lack wisdom, all you have to do is ask. I will give it to you. That is powerful. So I don't know how many times I've been in crazy situations in the last minute when something's thrown at me and thinking, oh, God, how do I handle that? <laughs> and he is a download from heaven. And he gives us the wisdom we need at the moment we need it. I just want to encourage you. Use that. Make, make the most of that verse because it is yours for the asking. Why do we need to have the wisdom of God? Because John 10.10 says the thief, our enemy, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus comes, but Jesus comes that we might have abundant life. Our enemy's chief purpose is to distract us off the road of the abundant life in order to trap us. We must be aware of his snares, oh, those thorns. We must, um, and cautiously avoid them. Some of his distractions are just the love of Money, entertainment, amusements. Hello. Are we talking? <laughs> um, fame, self-righteousness. Putting our hope in politics rather than the kingdom of God. Anything that distracts us from him. Pay attention to what you listen to or what you feed on. Is it life-giving or not? Romans 8, 5 through 6 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. It's a battle we all fight. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to set your mind on the flesh is death, what our enemy desires. But to set our mind on the Spirit is life and peace, what your Father desires. And Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is the battleground. Think about what you're thinking about. And 1 Corinthians 5, 50 Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Everything we see, touch, or smell, including our mortal bodies, is in a state of decay. And believe me, the older you get, the more you realize that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And one day we'll all perish. Only our spirit is eternal. We came from him and we return to him if Jesus is our savior. His eternal word, his eternal kingdom is our message, our hope, and our comfort. So walk circumspectly then in order to pursue that goal. God bless you, City Church. We love you. Wow, that was good. 
Thank you, Lord, for your word. Amen. Let's go. <laughs> Amen. I just, uh, it's so good to be here. And, uh, I just want to commend you guys, Matt and Amber and Jeff and Sarah and Julie and the staff and the leadership team. They have brought you through some of the most difficult days of our lives, and they've done it. You have um, survived uh, COVID and all its friends. <laughs> and it had lots of friends feeding off of it. And, um, you know, I, we now work with pastors and churches all over the country. Um, I work with uh, 12, 13 regional directors in our ministers fellowship organization and I am a pastor to pastors today. That's my function in the kingdom. And um, all over the country, pe people are walking into church that haven't been there in a long time. Yeah. All over the country, there's some activity of God going on. There's, there is a hunger for God in the United States of America. And um, we, we need to wake up to it. Because we are going to shift gears from surviving to thriving. There's a, there's a shift coming. We are shifting from surviving to thriving. And, uh, you know, this hunger for God, actually, I did it a few years ago, but I shut off the bad news. They, they want our affection. They want our attention. That I actually literally shut it off. I was so mad at it, I wanted to show, throw my shoe at it. <laughs> so I shut it off. Before the last election, I shut it off. You know, I just shut it off. I read. I'm not, I'm not uninformed. I stay informed. But, you know, I, I actually got, I expelled a demon out of my life. Barbara thinks that. She said, Steve got delivered. I mean, he's... <laughs> we, we need to get our ears turned to, to good news. You know, I don't care what circumstances say. The Bible says, in the last days, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. All flesh is going to get a drink of the spirit of God. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house is going to be established. And nations, people groups, every nation, tribe, kindred, tongue is going to run into the house of God. The Bible says that the glory of God is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. The Bible says unto him be glory in the church now and forevermore. So we need to have an expectation in the middle of bad news that the good news is going to become more powerful. We, we got to get our eyes in the right place. We got to, what Barbara said, pay attention to what's going on around us because there are people around you that are hungry for God. And if you're feeding on the wrong news, you're not going to be able to pay attention to them. But if you're feeding on the good news, you have an expectation and you can give every man an answer for the hope that lies inside of you. So I just, uh, I'm just introducing, I'm not preaching yet. Don't, don't put the clock on me if you're watching online, I haven't started. I'm just doing a little introductory stuff, you know. And, um, <laughs> you know, we... We, we moved into this property years ago, really on a prophetic word that I had, but open doors and opportunities and a good deal and all of that stuff. We, we moved in here. And um, when we moved in here, we were only in this property a couple of months. And I got out of my car one day, you know, and I'm facing the police station. And I'm looking over there, and the Holy Spirit clearly said to me, the day's going to come when the city wants to buy this property for the police department. And when that happens, you need to sell it to them. And I did not want to hear that. 
then we had stepped down and had moved, and Pastor Matt's telling me, Dad, I had a dream that the city <laughs> wants to buy the property. And I said, Matt, I had a word from God right after we moved in. And so, it really, it's not anybody's initiation but God as to what happens. And so, I have learned in this life that we live, when God initiates something, our job is to keep saying yes to him. And, you know, where are you going to end up? That's in his hands. So that's what faith is about. No, I'm secure here. No, we are secure in God. You know, listen, we've had, we've had the sale of the century. Somebody besides God is going to keep you safe. That's a lie from the pit of hell. For believers, our refuge is in Christ and in Christ alone. He is our stronghold. He's who we run to and he's who keeps us safe. And this journey of faith you're on, welcome to the ministry. It's a great life. These things are fun to talk about when they're over. You get in the middle of a journey and there's pressure and stress and God bless you, Matt. I'll encourage you, but I'm not getting in. You're in. That's his job now. But listen, you know, you, you got to go through. Say, go through with me. Come on. Go you go through the opportunities that God gives to you, and on the other side is a great reward. Amen. So you are headed on a great opportunity, and we will gladly pray for you. <laughs> Amen. So this is preaching time. I'm getting ready to preach now. Amen. You have your Bibles? Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. You know, in the New Testament, there are four statements about God saying God is. And by the way, he is the living God. He is alive. It, it's not a figment of our imagination. This God who created the heavens and the earth reveals himself to people. And so Jesus said in John 4, God is spirit. He breathes upon you. When you get born again, he breathes upon you. His spirit comes into you and your spirit comes alive and you become a spiritual being. The Holy Spirit. God is spirit. Second statement, God is light. 1 John 1, 5, that's what John the Apostle said. He's like focused light. He reveals himself through light. You can ask the Apostle Paul about the light. It was brighter than the sun. It knocked him down. He couldn't see. He had to get prayed for to get healed. This luminous, focused light that came upon him. Paul says this, we are literally transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We receive light. God reveals himself through light. Next one is, God is love. God is, 1 John 4, 8, 4, 16, he is love. He is agape. Holy Spirit, Romans 5 says this, he pours his spirit of love into our hearts. He pours it in. It is liquid. It is powerful. It is transforming. It brings security, brings identity, brings belonging. In Hebrews 12, it's very interesting. Verse 25, do not refuse him who speaks. He does speak. For they didn't escape who refused him. Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice shook the earth. But now he's promised us, saying, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now, now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Now, you don't have to be a prophet to understand that we are living in shakable times. There's a great shaking going on in the earth. You got plagues, you got wars, you got problems, you got issues. This, this shaking is going on. Therefore, we, say we with me, we, we are receiving 
We're not earning, we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We are not to be living in fear, in doubt, in worry, in anxiety, and all those things. And listen, they might come to visit you, but they don't get to inhabit you. You are not owned by those things. You are owned by a king who has a kingdom, and you are on unshakable ground. You are in this unshakable kingdom. Let us have grace by which we may serve or may worship God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For, for our God is a consuming fire. In the Western world, we got it mixed up. See, we are in a consumer-driven society, and we're the consumers. I mean, all the advertisers advertise to the lust of your eyes, lust of your flesh, pride of life. Come spend your money. Come consume. Be, you know. But, but we, things flip around the other way. We're not the consumer. God is the consumer. See, here's what we do. We write our list out. I want this, and I want this, and I want this, and I want you to do this, and here I am, consume my list. But you know, God wants us to, here I am, come and consume me. Come and let fire, come and burn inside of me. Come and put your list inside of me. Come and consume me, God. Why, why are we living in frustration and fear and doubt and everything else? Because we got our list and we don't have his. And we got to exchange our list, throw it out, and say, God, what do you want? This little plague that's come across the earth is a wake-up call for us that we need to get our priorities in order. We should not be living in disappointment. We should be living with an expectation that God is doing something and calling us to come and join him. He is the consumer. He breathes on us. He illuminates us. But he consumes us. There's a great shaking going on. We should expect the fire of the Holy Spirit to be lit afresh in the church. And not only in the church, outside the walls of the church. Because when God's up to something, he's up to something everywhere. We got to pay attention. Psalms 119, five times it uses the word revive. Revive us according to your word, according to your ways, according to your judgment, according to your righteousness. Revive us. The word revive means bring alive for it light and internal fire. What is a revival? It's when God's priorities become my priorities. Am I talking to the right people? See, whose priorities are running our lives. Revival is not just some great presence of God, and I love it, but it's a wake-up call that something from him ignites inside of me, and his passions are now driving me. I'm not driven by my own selfishness. I know that none of you would ever be driven by selfishness, but I do battle with that every once in a while. You know, I, I tell people now, when I was a pastor, I was a good boy. I loved people. I cared for people. I, I did all of that stuff. But, you know, the Lord's given me a new job description. And now it's to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. And so, <laughs> if, if, <laughs> so, you know, sometimes for God to move in our lives, he aggravates us first. 
We get unsettled. We don't know what's going on. We don't understand it. We get upset, you know, because he upsets those who are settled so he can move them into his plans and purposes. And so, you know, Steve, I'm getting a little bit angry at you. Welcome to my world. I get angry at myself, you know. Hey, John the Baptist said this, Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John the Baptist never said a word about the cross, the tomb, the resurrection. He prophesied about what would happen after the resurrection into the days of the church when an internal fire would be lit inside of those people who said yes. Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, walking down the road with the disciples, it said, didn't our heart burn inside of us? Acts 2 said there's tongues of what? Come on. Fire that came upon him. Fire does three things. It does more than that, but three things that fire actually healthily does. Number one is it cleanses the impurities. We say, God, use us. He says, I'm going to. Let me clean you. No, that's not what I meant. It's what he meant. And what he means actually has more priority over what I mean. You know, gold and silver and precious metals, they all got to be heated up to get the impurities out of them. They got to be heated up to to get the dross out of them. You know, a, a little virus coming around and stopping everybody's world. And I know, it, I, mean, I don't think the virus came from God, but I tell you what, he's not above using it. He's not above using it to get our attention. He's not above using it to get us to lay down. He's not above using it to get our priorities in line. He's not above using it to bring the church to a place that we get back to what's important and quit doing what's not important so that he can put his fire inside of us and cleanse us and get us purified to get ready to love people that are different than we are. Steve, this is good preaching. Yes, it is. Thank you. I'm glad you said that. Listen, fire cleanses impurities. You know, I, I'm not comfortable with this stuff. Well, welcome to Christianity. Welcome to the club. It, it's the way it is. God, are you messing with me forever? <laughs> I don't like it. Get used to it. I'm your father and I care about you. I'm going to clean you out. Fire, number two, gives opportunity for new life. It gives opportunities for new life. Several years ago, Barbara and I went on a vacation to Yellowstone Park, and um, we were there a couple years after there had been a massive fire that had swept through Yellowstone. And it was so bad that they just let it burn out. They couldn't put it out. And all throughout that park, There was new life sprouting up everywhere. Why? Because the heat from the fire popped the seeds out of everything that was dried up and new life began to sprout out of it. Fire gives opportunity for new life. Amen? Now listen, churches had a whole bunch of dead stuff going on. I'm just being honest. You know, we catered a whole lot to people's needs just to make them feel good. What, you know, we, we got closed down. You don't have to go start up a bunch of dead stuff anymore. Let new life begin to happen. Are you listening? Let new life begin to happen. Well, you know, what about brother so-and-so's this and sister so-and-so's special dish that we all ate? What about? Let's quit caring about that. Let's care about the priorities of the kingdom. Well, they might get their feelings hurt. Welcome to Christianity. Part of following Jesus is he does get your feelings hurt so that you line up with him. Steve, you're getting mean in your old age. No, I'm getting honest. I'm just getting honest. We got to quit playing games 
and let God light a fire inside of us. Let it get cleaned out and let there give opportunity for new life. There is nobody in this room that has everything in their life figured out. There's nobody in this room that doesn't have seeds inside of you that will not come alive without some fire of the Holy Spirit coming through you, cleaning out what needs to be cleaned out so the new life can come alive. There are people in this room that have ministries in front of you you've never thought about, business opportunities in front of you you've never thought about, people to influence that you've never thought about. Quit hanging on to the old and embrace the new because there's fire and passion in the new. Let it come alive inside of you. Fire burns out the dross. Fire makes room for the new. Fire ignites passions that don't go out. It ignites fire. It just doesn't go out. When, when, you know, this thing of him being a consuming fire, it's not just in Hebrews. It's actually in the Old Testament. In Exodus chapter 24, we're not going to go all through there, but it says, when the glory cloud came and Moses received the law on the tablets that God had written, it says this, our God was a consuming fire. See, we pray, God, let your spirit come upon us. Get ready for a little fire. Well, (laughs) that makes me uncomfortable. Good. Sorry, he invited me. (laughs) Exodus, he's a consuming fire. Deuteronomy chapter 4. I want us to turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 4. If you have your Bible, I know, it's an electronic. Everybody has electronic Bibles. I still use the Bible. Barbara bought it for me. It's my preaching Bible. I like the smell of it. (laughs) Deuteronomy chapter 4, starting in verse 12. The Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. Moses is reminding the people of God. God spoke to you out of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but saw no form. You only heard a voice. So he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, the Ten Commandments. He wrote them on tablets of stone. He commanded me to teach you statutes and judgments. Why? So that you would observe them when you cross over to possess. Then he said this, take heed to yourselves, for you didn't see a form when the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Take heed to yourselves so you don't act corruptly. Make for yourselves a carved image in the form of a figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast that's on the earth or the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air or anything, even the creeps. Don't make yourself images of the creeps on the ground, fish, water beneath the earth. Take heed. Lift your eyes to heaven. And when you see the sun and the moon and the stars and all the hosts of heaven and you feel driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord your God has given to all peoples under the whole heaven as a heritage, don't worship them either. I mean, if if you took Deuteronomy 4 and superimposed it over to Romans chapter 1, and, and looked at it, Romans 1, in the degradation of a culture, happens because people worship creation instead of a creator. They worship something dead instead of he who is alive. And the Bible says they don't worship him and they weren't thankful and God gave them over. You want it, you can have it. You can have my fire that's going to burn passion for me inside of you or the fire, the fiery fires of Egypt that I brought you out of are going to mess you up. Now you get to choose. We choose whose fire 
is burning in us. Listen to me. People are either going to burn with hell's fire or heaven's fire. I just happen to choose heaven's fire. Because I know what hell's fire is like. I know the destruction that brings. But this is what Paul said in Romans. You want to worship creation? God said don't do it. He said you want to worship creation? You're going to become foolish. And you're going to have a debased mind. Or your thinking is not going to be healthy. And, and God calls people that do that fools. Do you know that we can have very smart people that do foolish things? Who are you worshiping? That was God's call to them. It's our call today. Jesus said the Father is seeking those, not a product, but a people, those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. See, who's fire? God says in Deuteronomy 4, I brought you out of the fires of Egypt. There's a fire over in Egypt land that'll burn you bad. But there's a fire that comes from heaven that'll burn you good. Brought you out of there. Verse 23, take heed to yourselves. Lest you forget the covenant which he made with you. And you make a carved image. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire. He's a jealous God. He's not into sharing. Now, you know, I'm an old guy now. You know, I, I used to go to Blockbuster Video. You know what those are? That was high tech. Barbara and I were over there one day. Blockbuster Video was over on Wyoming. And, you know, she's over looking at the chick flicks and I'm over here looking at man movies. And, but I turn around and there's some tall string bean of a guy that's not very far from her. He keeps moving and keeps moving. And, and I'm over there. He gets right next to my wife. And the next thing you know, this idiot puts his arm around my wife. This seven foot tall guy. Hey, that's my wife. You get your hands off of my wife. He, I, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I thought it was my wife. I said, my wife. Now listen to me. You go let the world start putting his hands all over you and Egypt's fire starting to get on top of you. You're going to hear the fire from heaven coming after you saying, hey, get away from her. You don't belong to her. He is jealous for you. He will come after you. Deuteronomy chapter 9. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 3 says this. Understand today that the Lord your God who goes before you is a consuming fire. He, he will destroy your enemies and bring them down before you so you shall have to drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord has said to you. God, you're the consuming fire. You go drive them out. He said, no, I'm going to destroy him, and you drive him out. Now listen to me. Jesus at the cross disarmed every principality, every power, every might, every dominion. The devil's not going to get destroyed someday in the future. He got wounded and hit kicked on at the cross, at the empty tomb with the resurrection of Jesus. He's not going to be defeated. He has already been defeated. The consuming fire has gone before us. Now we need to take responsibility and drive them out. Listen to me. This consuming fire will make a warrior out of you. It'll make a prayer warrior out of you. A prayer warrior. 
I'm so happy to hear about prayer that's going on here. God has always called this church to be a house of prayer. I'm glad to hear about it. I'm excited about it. I'm energized about it. But, you know, in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said this. I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The old language says, whatever you bind on earth, be bound in heaven. Loose on earth, be loosed in heaven. But the message translation says it this way. This church is going to have energy outside of itself in it. And then it says it very simply. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. See, when we say the church is going to be a place where there's prayer warriors, we, we got to get some people that understand that my job is yes to heaven. Can you say that with me? Heaven, yes, come on. And my job is to say no to hell. Say hell no, come on. Listen to me, parents over your children, you need to be declaring heaven yes and This consuming fire is going to burn something inside of you that you can't get away from. We have grandkids. You know what we pray over them? Heaven, yes. That's right. No. They, they, they weren't created for hell. Hell's purposes and Egypt's furnace. They were created for God and his plans and his purposes and the consuming fire to get inside of them. What God in me will get in them. They're not going to be able to get away from it. Tori Eden. Tori Bria. Jude Dylas. You know why? Yeah, because we've got some people who understand that I am called to be a prayer warrior. I am not called to lose. I'm called to win. I'm not called to flirt with them. I'm called to drive them out. And listen to me. Some people in church need to drive hell out of their house. Quit watching what you shouldn't be watching. Quit listening to what you shouldn't be listening to. Get rid of the mind pollutants and the things that steal your heart and creation robbing your affections and your worship and push them out. It is your job to say no to hell. Come on. What I learned in church today. Yes to, and hell no. Come on. Listen to me. You need to put up with that nonsense. The consuming fire, the cross, Jesus has gone before you and stripped, disarmed principalities and powers. They are defeated at the cross through the resurrection. They're done. Now it's our job. To drive them out. Prayer warriors, gospel warriors. Gospel warriors. We, we should be ready to give every person an answer for the hope that lies inside of us. Pastor Steve, I got somebody that wants to receive the Jesus. Pray with them. Will you come? No, you do it. What's the matter with you? You're called to do it. Jesus called everybody to do this. Oh, we got the special forces. You are the special forces. Listen to me. There is an authentic Holy Spirit activity that's beginning to wake people up in the United States of America. And we need to get away from Egypt's furnace and get close to the consuming fire and let him begin to consume us because things are going to change. There is coming an awakening to this country that none of us have ever even thought about before. We haven't dreamed about it. It's going to happen. I see it. It's more real than the air I breathe and the water I drink. An awakening of the Holy Spirit is coming to the United States of America and we need to get engaged with God and get ready to become a prayer warrior and a gospel warrior.
I'm kind of comfortable where I am. No, you're not. You just think you are. You're more comfortable in the activity of the Holy Spirit than you are being a couch potato. I'm thinking about preaching about this. (laughs) There's a wake-up call coming. I mean a wake-up call. Come on out of lethargy. Come on out of apathy. Come on out of self-centeredness. Come out of it all. Come on out. There's a wake-up call coming. Well, you know, (laughs) I, I, I like it better when I can own God and control him and tell him what I believe and give him my list. Well, you know what's going to happen? You stay there and you will stay there. But the activity of God will be somewhere else because he is going to do it. And he's calling us to engage with him. He's going to light some fires. You know, it's the, the night we laid hands on Matt and Amber here and ordained them as pastors of the church, Ernest Gentile was here. Ernest is an old prophet guy. He's in his 90s now. But he, he stopped in the middle of it and he put his finger in my face. And he said, Steve, God's not done with you. You're going to light fires all over this country, around the world. You know, the, the prophetic word that came to me about the river and the railroad tracks was you're going to export fruit. Well, do you know something? The fruit of this church through our lives is being exported (laughs) all over America and it's spreading around the world out of what's happened historically in this place. But can I tell you something? You can't camp in history. You're not called to be history readers. You are called to be history makers. Fire of God will turn you into a person who becomes a history maker. Somewhere I had some notes here. I <laughs> we need an uprising of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our cities. Revival lights a fire. It was said of D.L. Moody, Tory, who's another writer and author, said this about D.L. Moody. He, he was a nominal preacher. He was a nominal preacher, kind of boring knew his Bible, two little ladies in his church came up to him, said, we're we're praying for you, Pastor Moody. But what are you praying for? We're praying for the fire of the Holy Spirit to get a hold of you. Moody was so startled by those two little ladies talking to him like that, he began to say to God, am I missing something? Do, do, do I need some? You know, what is my mind not good enough? <laughs> Moody was walking in New York City on Wall Street in the middle of that busy activity going on, standing at a crosswalk, and the presence of God came upon him in such a way that he began to weep standing at that crosswalk, walked off of it, got down into a friend's office that he had, got on his knees, and he said this, a liquid fire began to come through me for hours and hours, and it did not stop. And when he got up, he was a changed man. Two prayers, two ladies praying for him. So startled him. that. And then, then this is what they said. It seems like Moody has the Holy Spirit. Other people said, no, no, no. The Holy Spirit has him. Has him. Charles Finney, who led his second great awakening and a team of people that did that, said he was sitting in front of his fireplace. 
with something to drink, what most of us probably wouldn't drink, but he had it. Meditating upon God, and he said, fire began to come through him and just saturate him over and over and over and over again. And out of that visitation of God, he finally said, God, I can't take any more. Please, I want to live. He felt like he was going to die. And when he got up, an awakening happened. And it was Finney's preaching that brought conviction to America about slavery and bringing an end to it. Preaching the scriptures, preaching the word of God because of a fire activity of the Holy Spirit. It's crazy. I was 24 years old, got radically saved. Fire came into my life that's never gone out. I wanted God to use me. I started saying, Lord, I, those people are prophesying and they get words of knowledge and, you know, they, I, I want to do that. You know that that's a godly desire, by the way? You, you desire to prophesy. You desire. The whole church is supposed to be a prophetic community. The whole church, not to be a spectator, but be a participator. whole church is supposed to have some Holy Spirit fire inside of them. I began to cry out for it, and God began to work in my life, and I was in a meeting, and somebody gave a message in tongues, and I was going to give an interpretation, and it was different. I, did, I, I was so distraught by it. Everybody left as on my knees back sort of this chapel in Southeastern Bible College. And the presence of God came on my life. I'd already been saved, been baptized in water, been baptized in the Holy Spirit, did my shundas, I did all that. I'm on my face. God, I want this to be real. This is what I want. Just in a moment's time, I was just lifted out of my body. I'm looking down and I'm praying, but I'm above it. And this fire started to come through me. And it kept coming and coming and coming and coming. This cloud of presence and fire, it just kept coming through me. This consuming fire began to consume me. I don't know how long it lasted. Finally, I went back into my body and I'm laying there and I'm tired. And so it was exhausting. And I got up and walked out and there was a guy standing out there waiting for me. He was a guy that, he was a senior in the college and everybody respected him. And I came out, he said, Steve, <clears throat> he said, come here. He said, you're a new believer and, you know, you got all this zeal. And he said, you know, but he said, you're going to start growing up and being like the rest of us. And, you know, then God will really use you. And he said, that fire will go out, but you're going to be okay. Don't worry about it when it goes out. I had just came from a visitation of God. There's a wet blanket out here. <laughs> By the way, a fire that comes from God, if it's not from God, wet blankets can put it out. And there's enough wet blankets around the church to put out a bad fire. But if it's a fire from the Holy Spirit, it ain't leaving. It's going to burn. <laughs> he said, you, you know, that fire will grow out. And I'm kind of looking at him, and I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. Walked away, and I got about 10 feet. I turned around, went back, and I put my finger in his face. I said, that fire will never go out. That's 1975. It hasn't gone out. It's what picks me up when I get down. It's what motivates me. It's what makes me say to hell with hell. Makes me say hell, no. Yes to heaven. My prophetic band-aid ignites some fires. And I believe God, there's fire in this place he wants to ignite. He wants to come and he wants to breathe on it. And by the way, I think he wants to do it now, today. There's a now thing of God beginning to happen. Faith is now. Holy Spirit is now. Ignition is now. And we just have to say yes to heaven. So I know there's more stuff to go on here, but if the band could come out, I want everybody who has an interest in a fire starting to burn in their lives from the Holy Spirit, just if you would stand with me, I'm going to pray my best prayer over you.
it's um, just for a few moments here. Let's do what Barbara said to do today. Let's put some distractions down. All of them. Put them down. Get the broom. Clean your mind. All the questions you have. All your concerns. All your worries. Go ahead and drive them out right now. Just, just say no to them. says that we are receiving a kingdom. That means we have to say yes. We don't earn it. We don't buy it. We don't jump rope for it. We receive it. So I just believe God's offering you something today. Fresh fire. Not my fire. Not my zeal. His Holy Spirit fire. And if you would like that this morning if you want to say yes to it I'm not going to beg you but just kind of if you're in that position saying you know what it's time just kind of lift your hands up with me I'm going to pray for you God you are the one who breathes on us you're alive you are the one who pours love into our hearts by the power of the Spirit because you are Spirit. You are the one who illuminates us because you are light. And you are the one who ignites passion inside of us because you're the consuming fire. We put our list down today. We do the Romans 12 thing. We give ourselves to you. Here we are. I give myself to you as a living sacrifice. Now let the fire that burned on the altar in the old covenant become and burn on my heart as a new covenant person. God, I'm asking you to ignite Holy Spirit fire. Let it come across this place. Let it start over here and just begin to sweep Across this room, let every person here, everyone in the sound of my voice, be touched with the fire of God this morning. God, I pray that there'll start becoming a cleansing, that new life born of your spirit will start to come alive, that a passion that won't go out for your kingdom to advance in our time will be ignited. And God, that you will make right here prayer warriors and gospel warriors and people who say heaven yes and hell no right here in Albuquerque. God, let a fire be ignited in this place, we pray in Jesus' name. So our prayer team's been praying, obviously, and they're fired up to pray with you. Um, if you need pray for any reason, physical, emotional, healing. We have prayer teams on either side, and, and um, please get some prayer. We're going to sing one last song before we leave this morning. Come alive, 
This is a house of me.